Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I'm going to tell you about a recent product launch that I went through. And if you're a listener of the show, then you probably know I came out with a new course called Multi-Profit Site, and it launched in the early part of June. It sort of came together quickly, and the results were interesting. All right. So it was a bit of a disappointing launch in some ways, but in other ways, it's exactly, you know, what I might expect from a brand new product. So I'll give you some raw numbers. And this is kind of a cool or at least different episode because I've never really shared any of the stats or sales or talked very much about the details of me launching a course or my existing course or anything like that. So I will just cut through, give you some results right up front. There were about 30 students that enrolled. There's always a couple refunds here and there. So I'll talk about that. So about 30 students, it pulled in about $30,000. And from my standpoint, it's coming out to be roughly about six weeks of work. I would call it almost full-time. So about 30 to 40 hours a week over the course of six weeks. And the cool part with courses and info products in general is there's a, well, there's a ton of work up front, but then you have an asset that you can sell essentially an infinite number of times. There's some overhead and some other things that you have to take care of as far as I guess, services, software, that sort of thing. But in essence, aside from the overhead, you do all that that work up front and then there's a little maintenance here and there, but it's generally a, hopefully a standalone asset that has some evergreen capabilities and, and you'll hopefully be able to, you know, have it as an asset for a few years. So, this, I'm going to go through a couple areas. I'll talk about some of the goals. I'll talk about the, the people that I worked with. I'll talk about the process of developing a course and what we went through. And then some good things and some bad things, things that we've learned. I did mention that it, it was, a, I don't want to say a disappointment, but we sold fewer than we planned on selling. And for a brand new course, even from people that have sold courses before, there's always, you know, a, a little bit of a hiccup, right? There's always things you didn't expect. And it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world. In, in my opinion, when you come out with a new product, even if you're experienced in launching courses or products, there will be assumptions that you make that are wrong and you'll need to adjust. The other part is when you're developing a new course sort of in tandem with launching the course, which I think is a completely valid, I mean, that's what we did. So I, I do believe it's a valid way to approach it, but I'm busy creating the course material as we were launching it. So my focus was all over the place. I was working on marketing. I was working on putting together material for marketing, and I was also writing and producing the course material. So in my opinion, when that is happening, and there's a team around this, by the way, too. So when that is happening and my attention is a little bit scattered, 
I'm not going to be able to focus as much on the marketing and sales and ensuring, you know, congruency with all the marketing materials. So it's not going to be perfect. I believe in iterating in, you know, almost any kind of product life cycle. So there's improvements, whether it's in the actual product or with the marketing. And I think for this course, multi-profit site, there will be ongoing improvements in both the marketing and the course material. And I'll back into that a little bit as well. So as far as goals, we didn't have any, actually, let me back up. I worked with the internet marketing gold, I guess, community, you would call it. And they're internetmarketing.gold. That is Kyle Roof, Andy Stevens, or is it Steven? I think it could be Steven. Um, and Andy was my primary point of contact. And then Ted Kabatis. I hope I'm saying his name right. Sorry, Ted, if I'm not. So it's a, it's a group of really smart people that have been in SEO for far longer than I have. And they've, they've been around the block. They have a great reputation. And I, I can't remember how I first got introduced to Kyle, but I think I've known him since I would say mid or early 2019, just casually as people who produce content on SEO on the internet. We crossed paths. Uh, we were friendly and, you know, we had a nice interview. He joined me on the show sometime in the past and on the YouTube channel. And like I said, we've been friendly every now and then sort of like cross promote and or link to each other's material. And they are moving and adding a piece of the internet marketing gold, uh, I guess, set of activities is courses. So I've seen them launch a few courses in different areas. Kyle has a great one on on-page SEO, super thorough, and Kyle's an expert in that area. So he's a perfect match for that. And there's another course by uh, Robbie Richards, who I guess is a specialist in SEO all, all around. And he had a course on and has a course, it was on audits, right? Another popular one audit your site, audit your client sites, and then take strategic action based on that. When they were looking to add an affiliate marketing course, I think they went to a few people who couldn't work with them and then they eventually came to me. So I found this out later. I wasn't the number one choice, but you know, from my perspective, totally fine. So I'm working with Internet Marketing Gold. Andy was my point of contact. Kyle hooked us up and then Andy and I took it from there. Andy had, you know, a bit of a team around him, I guess the whole, the whole crew. So there's, there was a community manager, there was sort of a, a technical resource to interface between me and the LMS, the, the learning management system. So I'll refer to that a couple of times. So LMS, there was a, a marketing specialist, a marketing, I guess, manager who could do copywriting, put together all the funnels and it, a professional team, full on professional team. They would also handle the video editing and some, some of the other details. So for me, it was awesome because I'm stepping into a team of pros and I, you know, I had, I didn't, you know, speak to or talk to any of the resources ahead of time, but I knew that IMG internet marketing gold is running a professional organization, right? So I, I know that they're, they're doing a lot of work and they're, they have a players basically. So 
I, I've never done business with those guys before. And I'm, I'm pretty casual to be honest with you. So I've, I've done some work with Lewis Ogden in the past. He and I have put some courses together. We've uh, started some sites together. I worked with Rob Atkinson on a project in, in any of those cases, I've never had a formal contract in place. Um, they're people I know, they're my friends. So I felt comfortable that, hey, no one's going to be a dick here. Everyone's going to respect the sort of agreement that we've set up. Sure, you, you maybe want to talk about who's doing what, roles and responsibilities. But I talked to Andy, I think, two times as we were hashing things out. We had a good relationship. We would hear each other out. He seemed like a person that I would feel comfortable working with. And since he was my direct point of contact and the management on the IMG side, it was important for us to have a good relationship. So all that checked out and it was really over. I mean, it was probably less than an hour that we chatted. I also told him, I'm casual. We don't need to have a contract. I mean, he's located in a different country. It's a whole scattered team. And we just went from there. So one important part is I wanted to ensure that I retained the intellectual property for the scripts, the videos, all the material is mine and I can do with it whatever I want. So if I want to resell this later, repackage it, change it up, I will be able to. Additionally, I knew in, in the back of my head that some of the components, some of the actual units within the course, I know that I am going to pull some of those out and I am going to make them standalone courses, smaller courses on a specific topic. For example, email marketing. And I know there's a few people out there because I've teased for a while, hey, I may do a course on email marketing or maybe on some other topic. Some of them are within this course and I've developed at least a, a broad framework. And when I take the courses out, I may go into more depth and I may do say more over the shoulder videos when I take them out. So the whole point there is I wanted to make sure I retained intellectual property over the videos. So if I wanted to do something in the future, if let's say, for example, Internet Marketing Gold wants to go into a different direction. They they no longer have the course offering, right? They they don't have my course anymore. They have zero courses. If that's the case, I want to be able to, you know, take it and do whatever I want with those videos and all the material. So that was the biggest thing for me. We I also knew from a technical standpoint that they were going to use uh, Thrivecart, which is a whole, I guess, funnel and sales platform and, and processing. So I've used that before. I know a lot of big companies that use it. So I was confident and comfortable with using that and having the contracts and joint venture sort of situation within that. They're very simple contracts, right? I don't know how thorough they are, but basically it says you get paid X amount and I get paid X amount. So we hashed out some of those details, which that's the only thing I'm not going to mention specifically since that's sort of, you know, well, I just don't want to share that part. It's totally fine. <laughs> and uh, I did check with IMG and Andy and they said, sure, you can mention the the total amount. But um, yeah, there was, there was a split of work and, you know, I came to the table with a lot of material and a lot of assets in general. So I'll put it that way. I'll put it that way. So different products, maybe had a different spread and you could set all that stuff up as different products and packages and whatever in Thrivecart. 
So our goals, all right? So I was working with IMG. Great team, enjoyed working with them. I would work again with them in the future. Our goals, we didn't have anything like really concrete. So we threw out a couple times as I was, you know, chatting with Andy. I was like, hey, you know, what, what are we looking for here as we were coming up to the, you know, cart open day? Basically, I was like, oh, you know what? I'd be, I'd be happy with say 50 students enrolling. And we had three different products and three different price points. So I didn't know how much each student would, you know, average out to as far as like what they would enroll in. So, you know, 50 students, it could be $20,000 or it could be $80,000 depending on what students enrolled in. However, um, you know, sort of our stretch goal and we'd like be thrilled if we sold 100, 100 students is a lot. You know, you get into the, the triple triple digits there. It's, uh, you know, it adds up. It adds up for sure. And you already know we hit 30. So we were, we were at a point that seemed fine, right? I mean, people are obviously interested in the course material, but it's not exactly right. It's not where we want to be. So I'll talk more about what we may adjust in the future, but that is, that's why it's kind of, it was sort of a disappointing launch. I remember my wife would check in like, Hey, you know, how are the core sales going? It's been on sale for a few days. Like, is that what you expect or where do you want to be at? And I was like, ah, it's a little bit off. I'm like, we're still in the middle. And a lot of times when you have a course for sale for seven days, a lot of the sales are going to come at the end. They're going to come on the last day. And spoiler alert, they didn't, all right? So a lot of the sales just sort of were upfront in the first couple of days and sort of trickled out. So it's interesting that the last the last two days didn't have more activity. And I'm not 100% sure why. We definitely sent out some emails, but there was some, you know, something a little odd with that. Some people were very excited to get in. And then typically that last day forces people to make a decision, but we didn't really see that. And I, actually, I didn't even write that in my notes, but as I'm talking, I'm just thinking about that. That's odd. It's odd that more sales didn't come in that last day. So as far as the process, it's fairly straightforward. I've done, I guess at this point, this is my sixth course. My sort of second, what I would call major, like transformational, huge, giant flagship type course. So in the beginning, when I first got started, with Niche Site Project, my blog, I sold an ebook. So ebooks were a little more popular and prevalent back then. I think nowadays people may just call them a course and throw it behind an LMS and have it maybe have a couple videos, but mostly it's text-based. They do pretty well. I mean, you can sell those for a couple hundred bucks, but anyway, that first ebook that I did, I sold a few of them. And then I iterated on that and turned it into essentially a video course, but it was really just me talking over some slides, essentially reading the book or most of the book with maybe a couple of over-the-shoulder videos. And that didn't sell as well. And it was me more just sort of shifting and, and trying something different, knowing that a video course potentially has more value. A little bit later on, Lewis Ogden and I, did a course on private blog networks. And those are a gray hat. 
Um, I don't do that anymore. It's actually a ton of work. But Lewis and I were sort of competitors, right? So we both had blogs. He's over at Cloud Income, which has sort of spawned back up. I think he's blogging there a little more regularly now. He and I were ranking like number one and number two for the terms private blog networks and PBNs. So we thought, hey, you know what? We're competitors. We can compete against each other for these terms and try to make some money on the side selling affiliate products. Or we can do a course on private blog networks together. We own the topic. This was a few years ago, by the way. We own the topic and we can work together and maybe tag team it and and work through it, learn how to launch a course and all this kind of stuff. So we worked together. We sold a handful of them over time. I can't remember the exact pricing, but I feel like it was a couple hundred bucks, right? A couple hundred bucks. It was definitely under 500, but we played around a little bit with the pricing. We sold a handful of them and I can't remember how long we sold the course, say a year, something like that. So it was pretty, it was pretty fun learning and then working with someone. Then fast forward at some point in, I guess, early 2016, I took a course on courses that kind of showed me how to write and I guess create a course from scratch, really understanding how to market it from the beginning and what you should cover and how much you should cover in various units. I think it was one of the best investments, it's funny enough, a course on courses, but it teaches you exactly what you need to put in there and not too much. That is probably one of the biggest issues with many courses out there. I've taken a couple and seen some from my friends and it's just too much. You have the inclination to want to like provide too much value and it's just overwhelming. It's too much. So you know, and as I'm looking at how much material I have here for multi-profit site, I'm thinking, is this too much? But a lot of them are o- over the shoulders and I try to make, I try to make, you know, certain videos shorter and others a little bit longer where I find it more valuable. But that said, that's a, that's a big mistake. If you're thinking of doing courses, you may want to, you know, throttle it down just a little bit and not put as much it's overwhelming and sometimes people don't finish the material if there's too much in there. So from, from my perspective, when I I took that, I took that course on courses, I revisited how I was approaching sites and building a site from scratch and put together a five figure niche site, which still a flagship course. And I think I need to reframe it a little bit now that Amazon has changed their commission rate structure and all the material is still valuable in five-figure niche site, but it's just needs to be reframed a little bit with Amazon changes. Okay. The whole point is I've done a few courses. That was, that was the reason why I walked you through that. So I knew, hey, I know a framework that works well for starting a site from scratch. So I basically was able to look at the broad strokes of five-figure niche site move it over with a little bit of a different thesis where instead of focusing just on Amazon, we're starting from the very beginning, from niche selection, keyword research, everything up front, we're thinking about earning from multiple profit sources. So right off the bat, it's it's hopefully coming 
coming at the right time with Amazon changing the commission rates and people thinking, hey, I want to go ahead and start a site with a diverse income stream. So anyway, I knew the framework to take, created an outline. I think it's about, it was about four pages long. Some of the areas had a little bit more detail and it took me about, I would say an hour to write. So I knew the broad strokes, filled out the outline, roughly eight main units and then some sort of advanced units, I think four to five more that would essentially like take people through the, the advanced part would take people from, you know, year one to two to three. I mean, there's some advanced stuff in there. So it starts basic from scratch and then gets very advanced by the time you get to the end. The other part of the process, which luckily I was working with IMG was putting together the sales material so that all the copywriting for the sales page, all the copywriting for emails, which is sort of the root, the, the driver of you know the sales that I try to do. And we planned on, we shifted, we planned on doing a challenge. So a live challenge and we heard a podcast. Yeah, it was a podcast. Andy sent me a podcast and he said, hey, check this out. It's uh, Screw the 9 to 5. And they're talking about a live challenge. They built a list and with Facebook ads, they marketed to their own email list. And it was a guest, by the way, not Screw the 9 to 5. Um, they're specific material, but they did a live challenge and it worked out really well. And they did whoever the guest was. I forget who, who the guest was. They did two seven-figure launches, right? So million-dollar launches. And we're like, okay, we'll give it a shot. I knew that having a pre-launch set of material is really important. That is one of the huge things I learned with Five Figure Niche Site and selling it is you can you can let people know that you're gonna sell a course coming up. You definitely need to give people a heads up. You shouldn't just send out emails and then say, oh, we got a course coming today. Here it is. Do you want to buy it? You have to get people ready, get them thinking about buying a course or at least hearing about it so it won't be so out of the blue and just unsolicited, right? With the challenge, you hopefully get people engaged a little bit more. They're potentially buying into the process more. And the main idea with the challenge is to go through the early or preliminary steps that people would go through before they would need or want to buy your course. So the main idea with like a challenge is whether it's a, a live challenge on YouTube like we did, or if you send it out via email or some, some other way, you want to take people through those early stages. So if you're thinking about starting a niche site or starting a podcast or a YouTube channel, that is for all of them, it's basically going to be what niche are you aiming for? What's your site? What's your podcast? What's your YouTube channel going to be about? What are what are the audience? Or, or what is the audience going to be like? And what are the topics that you're going to cover? What do they care about? And you just kind of, you need to put it together, do some market analysis. You need to come up with a bunch of ideas and figure out what to do. So that's what I wanted to do with the challenge. So the other piece of this is how long the launch is going to be. So the challenge is the pre-launch period, the days leading up to it. We did 
a five-day challenge, and then opened up the cart, opened up for enrollment. And I typically do a five-day lunch at this point. And most of the marketing that I do, by the way, is I look at what people that are, you know, five to 10 or 15 years ahead of me are doing and how they are selling things. So I experimented with a 14-day launch where you send out, I don't know, it's bananas. You send out like 17 emails. You know, you're really hitting people hard. You are doing bonuses. You're removing bonuses. You're doing a lot of like I don't know. It's kind of a shell game. You're just, you're coming up with reasons to send out emails. And I realized, well, that's a lot of emails. Number one, I don't love getting that many emails. Number two, it's 14 days, right? So that's kind of a long time. And when, when you're going through it, it's like you see after you open up a cart for 14 days, you do this a few times, you see, hey, there's some sales at the beginning, say the first three days, and then there's some sales at the end the last two to three days. So eventually I put two and two together. I realized that the beginning and the end are pretty good. The middle is kind of boring. And then I looked at uh, like Ramit Sethi, his courses. I looked at Brian Dean, how he was marketing. Derek Halpern was selling quite a few courses. I think he's tapered back on that and he has a different focus. And basically they were doing five-day launches with six emails. So after I observed that, I was like, all right, I'm cutting it down. These 14 day launches don't seem to be paying off. So I'll just do five. And it was better after that. So there's less work. There's fewer emails. You don't, you know, piss people off as much by sending so many emails. And then you get the benefit of cart open, cart closed. And I do Monday through Friday. So I've been doing that for years, basically. Monday through Friday is typically when I do a launch. And all that to say, we did a seven-day launch. So the dates that IMG wanted to do, it's like Friday to Friday, and I was fine with that. So there's only so much <laughs> that um, we could focus on, and potentially we could add conversations on how to shift it, but at the the dates that we were working with, it looked like Friday to Friday would be good, and it's only, you know, it's not 14 days. So seven days, I was cool with that. Okay, so that's the overall process. Quick highlight, so outline the material and work on the pre-launch stuff. You have emails. I actually, I don't even know how many emails that they were sending out, but I sent out a few myself. I think I sent out five over the five days of the actual cart enrollment. And I think IMG may have sent out up to six or seven. I'm not 100% sure because it was such a professional team, right? I didn't have to babysit or like look over the stuff. They knew the emails that they wanted to send. And I'm sure it was written in some of the materials that I went over and I had access to, but I, I perused the emails that were gonna be sent, took a quick look and, you know, they hit all the high points. So that is generally what was going on. The other part is, because we were doing a five-day challenge and this was added after we got started, I was like, yeah, it sounds good. I should be able to translate some of the pre-sales material and some of the things that I understand from my marketing already. I should be able to translate a lot of that over to the live challenge. Turns out I just absolutely 
underestimated the amount of work for the live challenge. So number one, there's just a ton of material that could have been covered. The other thing is it is stressful, right? It's stressful to do live video and the technical aspects, right? But not only that, I would have to perform, right? Not just, you know, do a video, but I would have to perform, make sure it was tight. I couldn't fuck up that much. Um, I knew there were going to be some technical issues just because there always are, right? There's (laughs) there's no... There's no instance where you're not going to bump into a tech issue here or there. Got a story about that coming up. So I needed to have a script and I needed to use, you know, a teleprompter basically because I, hopefully I could speak better than I I could a year ago and way better than two years ago. But the point is, if you got, if you need to, if you must hit a certain amount of time. If you have certain benchmarks across the in in flag post to hit while you're doing material, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to go on a tangent that led to nowhere and then be behind. So I needed a script and that took a lot of time to write and then edit and then make sure that it was hitting the right amount of time. Now I was using piece of software that I've tested for the last, I would say, eight months called Ecamm Live. It integrates with YouTube, Facebook, probably three other like streaming platforms. And you actually can record. You could do your screen shares and switch cameras. So I kind of upped my game as far as my live streaming capabilities and just it's a professional setup. It's, it's a very professional setup. So I've been testing that and using it. And one of the cool things with Ecamm Live is you could play clips that you have recorded ahead of time. So as a way to reduce the stress, reduce the amount of live material that I would have to present, I put together, you know, videos anywhere from like, I think five or six minutes to about 30 minutes for one of the longer videos. So I could record that ahead of time. It was still casual as far as me doing a screen share and not having it scripted. So that part wasn't scripted, but I could at least record it ahead of time. So I knew exactly how much time it was going to take and it could take a break during the presentation. So very, very important. That is one of the reasons why I recorded the video ahead of time. It was a known quantity and generally I would just be able to play the video and just sit for a second. So those, those were hugely valuable and overall, I mean, it was a ton of work to, to put all that together. Again, I hugely underestimated it. So basically I was planning on writing the material and getting the, everything done for the course. But instead, I spent about two weeks, yes, two weeks working on the challenge material. So that that killed a decent amount of time there. I, now that I'm thinking back, I really didn't get started working on the course material until I think the first couple days in June. So things got delayed. Things got a little bit pushed back because one of the key pieces, right? This is one of the 
the hurdles that we ran into, it knocked us down and we didn't actually recover. This is potentially one of the biggest issues that we had and I'll potentially come back to it a little bit more. We weren't able to run Facebook ads as effectively as we thought and we didn't have as many people just attend at the top of the funnel, right? When you're thinking of a funnel and sales funnel in general, you have hopefully a lot of people in your in your general sales I guess, target market. And then you get people to a few people to sign up for your email list, a few people to attend your live challenge, if that's what you're doing, or at least to go through your email sequence for the pre-sales and then launch them into the actual enrollment period. So the top of our funnel was broken. And again, I'll come back to that. So whew, overall, man, it was so much work and I was a little bit behind. And then we ran into a few issues with the Facebook ads there. So we we actually pushed it out a little bit, which bought me more time. And like I said, in general, it looks like this is going to be, you know, about six weeks of work for me overall up front. And then there'll be, you know, some additional maintenance as we go through. I expect a few changes, but that's the overall process. Outline the material get the sales stuff going, hopefully work on that material. And at this point, I'm probably, you know, at the time that I'm recording this, I'm probably 75% done, I would say. So I'm not, I'm not done with the the very last bit, but I'm mostly done. And I'm, you know, I'm over a month ahead of like where any of the students are. So uh, just a quick side note, the courses that, that I do for these flagship huge transformational sort of courses. I like to drip out the material week by week so that people don't accidentally binge on all the content and then forget to do the work. So I have found that dripping out the content helps people just work on the stuff that they need to work on. If you have all the material, you're likely to, it's weird, you procrastinate by learning more and then not taking action. So we drip out the material and that is, you know, one of the huge benefits is it allows me more time to develop the material. And I, you know, you don't have to have everything finished up front. Now for shorter courses, like the shorter courses that I mentioned earlier that I'll probably be coming out with, you're gonna get everything in those all at once because it's not as dependent on the preceding lessons and material. But if you just jumped into this course and you were thinking, hey, I'm going to do lesson six because that's what I'm interested in, you may have missed some pretty critical dependencies back in unit three and four. Units three and four, you could have just totally missed some things. So if you try to do something that's in unit six, it may not work very well because you didn't do the stuff before. Anyway little tangent there. Moving on to things that were, we'll talk about the bad stuff first. All right. And these are the areas where, you know, hopefully we can fix some things up. All right. Hopefully we can figure out how to sell this better, how to find the exact right people that this course is perfect for. So I mentioned it before the Facebook ads. I had no, you know, nothing to do with the Facebook ads, which was great. So I could focus on the the material, right? So I was the content person pulling all the information together, writing everything, shooting all the videos, all that stuff. They were running Facebook ads. And the the terrible part with the industry that I'm in, it's 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 filled with like just 
people you can't trust. And that is why, you know, you run into issues with Facebook ads. It's make money online. It's work from home. And there's a lot of scammers out there. And, you know, we try to be way above that. But what it means is Facebook doesn't like to run ads that have to do with make money online or working from home, anything in those areas. So if you say those words, you end up, you know, potentially getting your ads like not accepted, sometimes banned, and you just run into some issues. We were also putting this together during, you know, this quarantine period in 2020. So it was after all the um, initial shutdowns and stuff. So a lot of people had been home for a little while. And I think Facebook was maybe more stringent because a lot of people were home and maybe there's ads out there they were trying to stay ahead of. The whole point is we thought we thought maybe we were going to get way more people up front and then potentially have a lot more people sign up for the challenge. Thus, you know, you make more sales. The more people you have in there, that you, the more people you can sell to. So we ran into issues there. We ended up pushing out the launch, I think, at the end of the day by about two weeks. Again, that helped me out. But, you know, right off the bat, it was like, ah, you know, we're not going to sell as many as we could. However, a conversation that Andy and I had along the way was, this is our first launch. I'm putting together material. And it wouldn't be the worst thing if this was a smaller launch because we're going to have to work out some of the technical kinks, all the tech stack, plus the sales material will need to be honed as well. So there were a couple, I mean, there's a little bit of a bright side because let's say, for example, instead of a few hundred people in the challenge, we had a few thousand, right? So we're selling to way more people and maybe we are not ready for that many students. So there's a mild benefit. Of course, the other side of the coin there is, all right, if we sold, if we sold, uh, 10 or 20 times as many courses, we potentially would have a problem with supporting everyone. But it turns out you, if that's your problem, you can usually figure out how to do that. You know, if you've, if you've sold so many things, you could probably solve the problem by hiring some extra folks to help out. So that would be a good problem to have, but you got to look at the silver lining. That's a way to do it. Okay. Another sort of issue is maybe the audience fit. And this goes hand in hand with whether or not a lot of the people in the challenge were from my audience, Niche Site Project, this podcast, and YouTube. So the issue with that is this offering, right? This course is similar to Five Figure Niche Site. It's a, it's a different framing. It's a, it's a different course, in so many ways, but it looks similar and it would have a similar target as five figure niche, right? Niche site. Some, some of the same people would be interested in both courses. It just depends on maybe where they are in their journey and what they're most interested in. They're both valid. They're different, but they are similar. And that potentially could have been an issue, right? And I don't know the exact makeup of where are you know the the challenge and the people that we were mainly trying to sell the course to if they originated mostly from my course or, or my platform in general or if they came through 
you know, the Facebook ads that did run because some Facebook ads were running out there. Or, I mean, this was also marketed to the IMG and Page Optimizer Pro and some of the other assets that that Kyle and Andy and Ted have over there. So it was marketed broadly, and I'm not 100% sure where everyone came from. It may be hard to get that visibility because there's a lot of overlap just in general anyway. Of course, any data would be helpful in that area. The whole point being maybe this offering was too similar to what people have seen before. So that is unclear, but as there's more people you know, joining my community, there's more people joining the IMG community, there's new people to see this course and to be marketed to. So that's that's a good it's a good thing overall. There's always new people interested in these topics. Another is the challenge and the material and the challenge and how well it aligned to the actual course and what's done there. It's it's hard, right? It's hard to figure out exactly what you should cover. And some people we we did a survey afterwards after the challenge and and once people enrolled, the thing is, we knew that maybe the material in the challenge wasn't exactly right for people to, you know, be ready to enroll. It's hard to figure that out. And it's something that should probably be evaluated, tweaked and and looked at over and over again every launch to to think hey you know did we did we figure something out here is this not a perfect fit is it incongruent maybe we should look at it a different way now we did get some feedback from some of the attendees of the challenge and they thought oh i thought we're going to build a whole site in 5 days now there may have been something out there in the marketing material that stated that but from i mean the the shit that i put out the thesis of the challenge was to pick a niche. So some some of the sales material, because I, I don't remember all the you know thousands of words that were sent out or that were talked about in different ways. But in general, I wasn't planning on doing like building a site. Some people, honestly, right? We had hundreds. Some people could have just misunderstood what the goal was. They thought, oh they're going to build a site. It's going to be the, you know, start to finish. We're doing it over five days. And up front, I I was like, I'm only doing three days live. (laughs) That's all I'm going to do. I have other things that I have to work on and I don't have time to do five full days. The other part is I also know probably not everyone's going to be able to come for five days in a row and I have other stuff to do. So I made that executive decision up front. We're doing a Uh, over five days, there will be a challenge. There will be three days of material and there will be two days of sort of a summary. And you, you got emails, right? You could do some activities on the, on those off days on the second and fourth days where there was not a live stream, but it wasn't as perhaps meaty as some people thought. And I don't know. I don't know. It's, you you can't make everyone happy. The other part is we actually got some couple people who were like, Hey, you were too salesy through the whole challenge. You, you shouldn't, you should just be teaching stuff for free and you, you shouldn't be talking about the course and blah, 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 blah. And I get that too. Right. However, 
I have learned that if you don't let people know that the we were upfront, we were hundred percent transparent from the very beginning. Hey, at the end of this challenge, you will be made an offer and you have a chance to check it out. The challenge material will still be helpful. Even if you don't enroll in the course, it, it does take you through sort of a journey. And I actually, I still stand by that. So I know there was at least one individual who replied back and they, they, they weren't happy with how much I mentioned the upcoming course, but I usually didn't mention it cold, by the way, it was usually in relation to a question that was asked. And then I could say, it's, we're going to go more in depth within the full course. Just want to let you know about that. I mentioned a couple times through the script, you know, again, I let people know at the very beginning on day one, here's what we're covering on the rest of the week. And on Friday, I'm going to tell you about a course that we're launching. So again, from a transparent standpoint, you don't want to surprise people like, Hey, everything's free. And then all of a sudden hit them with the sales. And I want to be transparent the whole time. So that that's why it was done. Even though it ruffled some feathers, I do stand by letting folks know Perhaps I was heavy handed and mentioned it too often, but I tried not to. I'll have to, you know, put that in my, my, uh, my brain and, and maybe remember, don't be too salesy. So all, all the feedback was great. And I appreciate everyone who actually took the time to say, I like this or I didn't like that. And the things that people didn't like, those are the most helpful for us to adjust in the future. And the other sort of bad thing, the other issue that we had was affiliates didn't convert that well. So we did have a handful of my friends that were able to, you know, reach out to their list and, and let people know like, hey, there's a challenge coming up and that sort of thing. I don't know that we had any conversions and I don't know if I have good data on that. My reporting side doesn't look as robust as what they have on the, the owner side over on Thrivecart, but I don't think we had any affiliate sales. Now that said, one thing with a brand new course, I think you probably should, you know, not push too hard on the affiliates because honestly, right, you hear me talking through the issues that we had and how we didn't convert as much as we hoped, but like we need to, we need to figure some stuff out before we can have the affiliates market it heavy and, and really, you know, push on it if we want them to. I'm a little, you know, I have a, I guess a lighter hand because I've definitely <laughs> talked to some people and I don't know if this is as common these days or maybe I just ignore, ignore the people. But for example, I got a pitch not too long ago for an online summit, one of those, <laughs> one of those summits out there, which I guess they, they must, they must still be effective for some industries, but Jesus, I get so many pitches for those and I don't want to do online summits anymore, but they're like, Hey, we'll do a summit. It, it takes an hour of your time. And then you just have to send out these dedicated emails to push the summit and everyone's doing it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do that exactly. Like, can I send out my my own emails on my own schedule? But sometimes they're very regimented and I've seen this for affiliate uh, course pushes and stuff like that where they, they really tell you, hey, I want you to send out an email on these days. This is what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. 
Now, to be fair, I have put together email materials for some of my affiliates in the past. I gave them a structure that they could use if they would like to. So if they needed a little, um, a little guidance, I could walk them through the emails that I found effective in the past, but I never, you know, dictated it. Anyway, I'm a little, uh, a little easy handed on that. And I, I don't mind if people want to do their own thing. So affiliates didn't convert well. So quick rundown again of the things that we have areas to improve. We got the Facebook ads, which were essentially just a flop. All right. They sucked overall. A lot of them didn't run. We had many issues that pushed the dates out and all that stuff. The audience fit, maybe not exactly right from the few people that we actually did pull in through Facebook ads. The related thing is maybe it was too much of my audience from niche site project and people had already seen a similar offer and it wasn't really a good fit. And then the challenge overall, it mostly went well, but maybe it wasn't exactly congruent with the course and getting people ready to actually be interested in the course. And finally, we had the affiliates that didn't really convert. If we had any conversions, it must have only been like one or two. All right, the good things. We got a handful of good things and these are huge, right? So there's not as many good things, although I could come up with like some subtopics, but it was awesome to work with a team who knew what they were doing. I typically am a, a one-man show with one assistant, one to two assistants. Um, so I'm doing most everything myself. I'm writing the emails. I'm working in AWeber. I'm working in the full tech stack, which is right now for me a total mess because I have, I mean, it works, but I have like six to seven different plugins, apps, different services that are all hooked up together. They integrate and it works good enough for now. It took a while to get everything working and I layered it on over time. The fact is it works right now. So I have not touched it, but IMG, they, they know how to sell on Thrivecart, put all the products together. So I didn't have to mess with any of it, which was fantastic. Additionally, just delegating was awesome too. So luckily, since I have a management background, I didn't have an issue, not that I needed too much, but I didn't have an issue sort of taking over a checkpoint meeting for a few minutes and say, all right, I need um, you know, person A, person B to do these activities. Here's what I need from you. Um, by the way, I need these videos edited in this certain way. And I was happy to tell them what I wanted, what I needed them to do, and they would go and execute. So no issues there. And the whole team was professional. It was awesome. Super awesome. The other part that I think went well was just the launch sequence. So not only have I done five previous course launches for different products, five different products, I've done, I think I've launched five-figure niche site probably, let me think back, so four, um, roughly 16 to 20 times, something like that. And I've honed it because it was a train wreck for a little while, but I've honed it and improved it to the point where I placed it into an evergreen funnel that converts well. So I've been happy with that. 
the point is I, I knew how to do a launch and the IMG crew also knew how to do a launch. The point of contact over there, sort of the, the, the marketing manager and the sales page copywriter, all that stuff. She's done, you know, a handful of courses and, and launches as well. So n- nothing is complex. So we did this live challenge, which proved to be a ton of work, not just for me, right? So I complained earlier, but it was a ton of work for her. Like Vera crushed it, did an awesome job. So, you know, from where I sit, I was like, thank God I have Vera to help me out. And she's been, you know, just great, great overall. Okay. Another thing, like I said, there's, I didn't list as many uh, good points, but another great thing was testimonials. So when you're putting together a sales page, testimonials for a brand new course can be hard to come by, right? So it's a brand new course and I didn't have any specific testimonial on the specific things within the course because it was new. I had not had anyone go through the full set of material or anything ahead of time. Now, implicitly, it sort of happened with some people that I've worked with in the past who have layered on some of the ideas that we go over in the course. So it was simple enough and thank thank goodness. And actually, you know what? I'll pat myself on the back here because I have plenty of students, right, who worked with me and paid me money and I helped them get results. They did all the work. They adapted. They were flexible and changed when everything was a little bit of a curveball and things didn't work out like they expected. You have Google algorithm updates. You have Amazon kicking you in the nuts and a handful of other things. And people have persevered. People have thrived after an algo update, right? I got a couple emails from people here in June who are seeing like record earnings from the algo update in May, which, you know, it hurt some people, but other people moved up. Some people blame the keyword golden ratio. Some people give the keyword golden ratio credit for the increase. So it's, you know, across the board. The whole point being, I have a good relationship with the folks that I work with. And many times I will send an email out. I always want to get permission for any new product or anything where I may use someone's quote or their likeness or whatever. So I always double check and I've, I think I got fresh, brand new testimonials from roughly, I don't know, six to eight people, which was perfect for the sales page that we had. And I have a handful more. And it is a little bit, it's a little bit tricky with testimonials because you, you want to have fresh new ones, but I also, you know, personally don't want to bug people and say, hey, can I get a new screenshot and fresh set of testimonials from you? every couple months, right? It's just kind of, I mean, I'm asking them to do a favor for me and do free work and just send me stuff. Most people are fucking thrilled, to be honest with you. They're like, yes, um, you know, Doug, you have helped me out. It's been great working with you and I'm happy to send it over. And it's part of a way to say thanks to you and that sort of thing. So that's cool. And I appreciate it but I hate to bug people too much. So it's a little bit of a struggle, but I did get fresh new testimonials that went really well and everyone was awesome. And I try to, you know, I try and work with students or people that have hired me and actually, you know, got value so much value that not only did they pay me, but 
you know, it worked out so well that they got more value from me than they paid, right? So that's that's kind of the idea. They're so happy with the interaction with me that they are happy to be featured on the sales page and, and help promote the product. So I think personally, all the folks that did help out, that's awesome. So I think that's um, I think that's the end of it here. I'm just looking over my notes and again, quick rundown, right? So about six weeks of work doing 30 to 40 hours and we got 30 students and made 30K. And technically, you know, there's still some work being done right now. I have, I think about two weeks or less, um, I've hit a stride with the kind of work that I'm doing where I can write for a couple few hours in a day and edit, revise it. I have an executive assistant who helps me with some proofreading. So she'll go over it and then I can shoot, you know, for two hours and basically finish a unit of material. So I've, I've definitely sped up the process along the way. I'm continuing to produce the, the normal set of content that I, that I do. So YouTube and, and podcast, like I'm recording now, typically those are not taking as long. And I mean, it's, it's awesome, like overall. So uh, call to action, I should have put this earlier. Maybe I will record a little intro. But if you have questions and or you are more interested in hearing about number one, building an audience, and number two, launching a digital product, whether it's a course, software is a little bit different. I mean, we're obviously deep into courses right here, but you can use the same ideas to launch a product of any kind. Let's focus on digital because that's what we're talking about. But if you are interested, it'd be great to hear questions. I think I'm going to be talking about this stuff more. All right. So I've I've been doing courses since really the very beginning. And I've gotten, I did bad on a couple. I did better here and there. I've learned, you know, where you can run into hiccups, like that old private blog network sort of course. You know, Lewis and I were trying to save some money. So we actually didn't pay for great tools. We we were trying to do things really kind of manually and save money where honestly at this point, several years later, there are robust, much better LMS um, tools out there. And back then, you know, we were trying to save money, pay a little cheaper for software, and it ended up being a whole lot of time spent on setup. So yeah, I think I think uh, I think I've learned a lot as I've put out courses here, but they're awesome, and I've figured out how to put together the material in a way that people can consume it. And then, you know, I talk to people who are thinking of putting together a course, and I'm like, "Yeah, put together the material," and I tell them, "I'm like, that's great. That's like 25% of the work. Like, if you have a good course." most of the work is probably going to be spent marketing it. Now, it depends on many factors, but it is not easy to put together the material. It's kind of like writing a book in some some fashion. And then you have to figure out how to sell it afterwards. So that is tough. And I usually try to do some pre-selling and you know that sort of thing because I knew 
I was working with IMG and the things that my audience was already interested in, it wasn't as important in this specific course in this situation, but yeah, I've done, I've done my share of honing a launch and, and just rejiggering things. You take, you got to take one approach and then see how it works. And after you have some data, you can tweak it or you can make a major, you know, sort of a major change to see where those thumb screws are. And that's what I've done in the past. Launch a course, get some data, and then make some sort of dramatic change. As I mentioned earlier, I went from like a 14-day launch to a five-day launch and really shifted in a, in a great, pretty significant way versus if I was thinking, oh, I'm going to try a 12-day launch. It's not drastic enough. It's not a big enough change to really get that impact that, that would give me more, even more data. So and I haven't mentioned it before, but I've never, I've never hit a six figure launch, but the, the biggest launch that I had in the past is about 70 K, right? So pretty significant. And when you, you think about that, when you think about, actually, I just determined the headline for this, for this, um, podcast, it is, I mean, we, we did 30 K in seven days, essentially. So that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money that you're pulling in. And when you rewind and, and I just said, Hey, I did, I did 70 K in uh, five days of sales. So, I mean, I got some cool headlines. I got some cool headlines that I could throw out there. So I've done big launches and it, you know, we were, we were hoping we were hoping we were going to hit a hundred K launch. We thought that would be cool. So we were at 30%, right? 30% of our sort of stretch goal where I think it was probably arbitrary, you know, it was definitely arbitrary with Andy and I chatting. We're like, Oh man, it'd be cool to hit, you know, a hundred, hundred students. And, uh, it'd be cool to hit, you know, a six figure launch. We did not, we fell so short at 30% of that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, you know what? We did We did a lot of work. We learned a lot. No one uh, got pissed off at each other. And we're going to be able to tweak this and work on it in the future. So anyway, I hope I hope this was helpful. Let me know. Um, some of the good people out there have been sending emails when I ask feedback at Doug.show. And you can let me know, hey, you know what? We want to hear more about these launches, these courses, and learn how to do it myself. Or if you think that is way too self-indulgent and you just talked about yourself doc, the whole time, let me know that too. I think there's going to be a, at least a subset. I, I know a lot of folks, I mean, this is how I ended up where I am here, right? So I followed, followed people like uh, Spencer Hawes, Pat Flynn, handful of other folks, John Haver. I'm trying to think of some of the crew that I was like, following really closely that were either years ahead of me or just a few, you know, few months ahead of me. And basically I was like, they are executing, they're talking about it and they're, they're creating a platform where people really want to get the information and they, they want to follow along. I thought it was awesome. And I was like, I want to, I want to teach people stuff too. And I want to be sort of that position where I'm executing stuff I'm figuring out how to do it well enough that I could tell someone else how to do it, which I believe gives you a little bit more understanding, 
on the process in general. And then, I mean, it's somewhat, of course, rewarding to help other people out. And I get a lot of emails from people that just say, hey, you know, I've been following you for years. And I think, you know, this, this one thing that I learned from you sort of changed the way that I operated and it made all the difference. So cool stuff like that. In fact, I'll have a show coming up in the next, maybe in a couple months, but uh, Lachey, I think you know who you are. I did a coaching session with Lachey, I think in 2017 and things are going awesome. There's probably going to be an agency coming out of it and a lot of work done around the keyword golden ratio. Super cool stuff, super cool stuff overall. So at this point, I'm just rambling and I need to probably jet, but do shoot me an email. Let me know if you want to hear more about these topics sort of inside my business where you're hearing some of the the stats and the figures and lessons learned along the way. Because I have a lot of stories, a lot of stories that I haven't really talked about because I just, I was focusing on sort of the exact content that people wanted to hear over and over again versus like, hey, I'm pulling back the curtain and telling you about my specific business, the platform overall. All right, have a great day out there and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it and I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.